let's talk about it. Hello and welcome back to Thick Radio, the gaming podcast where we take a deep dive into gainer culture and everything in its orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim. Let's get into it. Today we're joined by a special guest. You know them, you love them. It's Jeremy. Yay! Oh my gosh, it's so good to be here. It's been an exciting listen as I've gone through your past episodes and I'm just, I'm honored to be invited. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for being here. You know, we because we mentioned you on a previous episode where we were talking about Tim being fed at that, that, was it Claw? It was Claw, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the listeners don't uh, may not know, but I have I've had the uh, pleasure of being fed by Jeremy personally, and he's probably the most experienced and capable feeder I have met thus far. Um, and we had a great time. Although we we did get uh, a what was it a quart of melted ice cream all over the hotel room <laughs> by accident, but you know <laughs> it was still have that. Time. It's collateral damage, um, and you know it, it is a messy business. And so, when you're setting up scenes, um, you know, and I don't think that we're going to get too far into this today. But make sure that you do the proper prep work, um, so that you save yourself some trouble on the back end. But um, yeah, the last time I had a guy over, um, made sure and laid towels down all around the space. I had a chair that was easy to wipe off. Um, you know, all the appropriate things. I mean, you know, to put it out there because Tim Tim's spoken to me a little bit about you. And then obviously you and I have connected. I was so interested to get to know you because you would kind of built up as this person who has that experience. And then just by virtue of being yourself, those moments rattle off the tongue, that knowledge and preparation. So for listeners, if you ever have the opportunity to get to know Jeremy in, in person or even online, reach out to him because a wellspring of knowledge and truly one of those people who I could listen to you speak for hours, which is, why we are going to have such a great time today having you on. Um, Tim, what's the theme of today's episode? Uh, today we're talking about something that I like to call coming out of the pantry. Uh, essentially, it is coming out as a gainer, admitting it to yourself, possibly admitting it to your social circle, maybe admitting it to your family. Um, personally, I don't, but some people, they're totally out there. They, they let everybody know what's going on. So that's a topic. Well, maybe that's a good question to start off with, actually, how we all define it. Jeremy, as our guest, start us off. How do you define coming out of the pantry? What does that look like to you? I guess I can only just say it and frame it in my own personal journey uh, because, and I've listened and I encourage if you're listening for the first time today to go back through and to listen to some of the former uh, episodes of the podcast, because I think it does a really great job of framing today's conversation um, because it's just like coming out as gay, um, but then you have this additional layer, additional part of yourself. And if you're like me, um, then this is an important part of your sexuality. And I knew that from an early age. And so uh, I think there's some really great references to cartoons and to things that you experience as a young person before you even are aware of your sexuality that give you an indication that this is how my brain's wired. And so um, I was one of those really fortunate, lucky um, gay youths that had my first sexual experience with a gainer. And it's someone that I had met online. And um, so that kind of set me off, but I had so much shame. 
Um, but, and I appreciated hearing other people share their past about how the first time they were with other people uh, like us, that nobody said anything because nobody's ever talked about this out loud at that point, right? And so, um, but having that experience at 17, and then um, being in that relationship through, you know, my, my mid 20s, um, it really helped hone my skills and to give me real life firsthand experience. Um, and then I was in this position after we went our separate ways, um, where I just had this really dark secret and I wasn't able to have many experiences with people. Um, but then at one point in my life, I just I opened up and in fact, I was being encouraged to run for a leather contest. And they were saying, you know, come and, and compete. We think you'd be great. You're, of course, always here in the leather spaces and the kink spaces. And I'd never told anybody about this outside of our community. And they said, but one thing you've got to consider is during interview, um, the judges are going to ask, how do you fit into the kink scene? And I told them, I've got my part. Don't worry about me. You know, when it comes time, you know, I'll talk about this. And um, I didn't end up competing, but I ended up coming out to the uh, to my good friends and telling them um, about what my fetish and my kinks were. And um, they were just enamored. They said, you've just you've got to talk about this at this state leather competition during our kink university or kink U series. And I said, sure, I'd be glad to. But then what I neglected to realize was that my face and my name and my class description were going to be shared on Instagram, on Facebook. And I was a former president of our pride board here. I mean, I've done a lot of different things in the community. So I'm a very visible person. I've worked for large um, LGBTQ plus related nonprofit organizations and leadership positions. And so um, it was, uh, I was scared. Um, but then when I did it for the first time and I stood on that stage full of people who were not related to our community, um, it was so empowering for me because after it was over, people did not judge me. People were um, inquisitive. Um, they laughed a little bit at certain parts because I like to interject a little humor here and there. But I mean, I think that, you know, just trying to make it digestible. Um, and then also one of the things that I've also learned, um, and I think that this is true with Tim and I's experience as he's taught the class with me in later sessions, um, is that there's a lot of crossovers. There's a lot of ways to make this relatable uh, to what is happening in the broader scene. We live in a society that is obsessed with health and is constantly promoting a body image that is manufactured. What kind of psychological effects do you think that has on a person who's into gaining? So I think that one of the things you have to think about is how much do you value uh, what you want personally? And what are you willing to sacrifice um, in kind of the eyes of other people, right? And so uh, I think that that is part of, of hesitance to meet up is, can I control this? first of all. And so um, how many times have we seen uh, people who have been kind of lurkers in the scene, but then they actually gain a little bit of weight mm. and they, they're kind of intimidated by how much they enjoy it. And then what does this mean for my life? And what is my family going to say? I mean, I think that that's one of the biggest things, um, you know, the family and friend comments seem to derail a lot of people. Mm. Um, and then if they try to um, balance what is turning them on versus what their own projection of who they are is out to society. 
And so, you know, that's, that's really a lot to reconcile. And so, you know, I think that that's why within our community, it is so important to make this a dialogue and that you have to be able to understand there've been so many good points on so many episodes up until now um, about consent and about, you know, how we envision our fat bodies and how we envision the fat bodies of the people that we're trying to encourage and that you don't order that out of a catalog. This is not JC Penney. You know, you don't just uh, get to choose what you're going to look like. And so totally. uh, there's any, right, right. Jesus, right. But then the, the, expectations has to be the phrase or the, the two words I come back to so often because when you engage in a culture that is almost entirely based in fantasy because as you say how many people have never met up with someone in real life for these things when your entire lived experience is fantasy of course there's a shortage of understanding when it comes to the reality of a situation so as you say there's 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 all of those important points and it kind of makes me want to ask because you've come out of the pantry to to quite a few people i understand have you experienced any hardships with people from having done that you know, I guess it's really, um, for me, I, I, I think that I've been privileged uh, because I have not had negative experiences. And I, I knew that we were going to kind of touch on that. I was really trying to rack my brain about anything that I could put my finger on. And there, it's really been overwhelmingly positive. And so it's one of those things, um, and I don't know if I call them kind of a case of the Sundays, whenever you have work the next day and you're laying in bed Sunday night after a long weekend, and then your mind is just kind of racing with all of these things. And it's like, you know, have getting a little bit anxious about the week and that's kind of, but then the week happens and nothing terrible happened. You know what I mean? And then it's like, why was I feeling all anxious and worked up about this? Um, and I think that it's been the same for my experience coming out to people. I talk to, um, you know, and when we talk about coming out, it's not just people um, knowing that I like bigger guys or even that I like to encourage guys to gain weight. Um, part of teaching in the kink you scene is I'm trying to, to show people what we do. And also in hopes that if there is somebody who is an undercover or, you know, someone who's in the pantry out there, that they don't have some of these terrible experiences that you hear people share all the time. Um, and you know, like for instance, you know, and just being very upfront fat is attached to someone's body. You don't get to touch it and handle it. However you want to, it's not, fucking um, Play-Doh. it's no. Uh, and I'll, and I'll say it again for the people in the back. It's not fucking Play-Doh. Also, you've just fed me something possibly delicious. Regardless, I'm full of food for the love of Christ. Do not rough handle my body unless you also have a fetish for me puking all over you because that will definitely happen and i'm gonna put it out there for anyone who's curious personally not my thing not consenting to that please yeah me neither i don't know there just seems like a very very detached like they don't even project it onto themselves for goodness sake they don't even think gosh would i like this if i was fat they just kind of go my dick's hard and you know, a Warren Davis story once told me that if I force feed him 12 pizzas, you know, he'll be the size of a balloon. So I'll just, I'll just. I had some experiences where people have been very rough with me after like, uh, you know, meeting up with more inexperienced feeders and, you know, um, 
actually me having to feed myself, which <laughs> I mean, that's one, you know, one of the things that I loved the most about meeting up with Jeremy is he actually hand fed me. I mean, it's actually kind of hard to find feeders that'll do that. But um, with more inexperienced ones, you know, I'm feeding myself basically. And there, like this one guy was just fucking rough handling me so hard, like almost to the point where I was afraid he was going to bruise me. And I'm like, you got to calm it down, dude. Like, I'm not, I'm not a chew toy. Like, <laughs> Well, and I think that that's one, that's one of the things, too, is that you have to know, too. And I feel like the, there's all kinds of different relatable. And one of the things, even if they're not gainer and encourager related kink use uh, that happen in your area, there are likely opportunities for you to attend fetish and kink classes. And regardless of the topic, a lot of the concepts spill over. And so, um, and then you'll also identify ways that we, we have crossover kinks when we talk about power exchange, when we talk about humiliation, when you talk about rope play, when you, there's all kinds of different things, but then there are similar, um, like, I don't know, key characteristics or key components of having a successful sex scene or even if it's a non-sexual, you know, but even a feeding scene where the kinds of conversations and the respect that you show to people, even in a submissive and dominant kind of, of role play or a scenario um, that kind of transcends everything. And then um, also, I think as an encourager to all the encouragers out there um, is if you want somebody to successfully eat a lot, and if that's the goal of the scene that you're in, you need to be flexible because this is not your sole fantasy, right? And so like Tim was saying, I, yes, I hand fed him. Do I get off on hand feeding? You know, I don't sit at home and, you know, pleasure myself thinking about hand feeding people. But I do know that that's part of the scene. Uh, another thing I've done during the class is roaming hog um, was a was demonstrator in one of the classes. And I laid down a trash bag on stage and put a sheet cake down there and just let him face plant in it and go full pig mode in front of a big room full of people. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, that doesn't do anything for me necessarily, but that is part of a scene that is, helps to set the stage for everything. And so, you know, I think that it's having an understanding of the concepts and then um, uh, uh, understanding what people's limitations are, where you need to draw lines. Because sometimes when people are in that, for those who are wired that way, when they're in that really piggish mode, they want to consume more than they're capable of, of handling. And so then also being able to control the dynamic and scale it back when it's appropriate to do that. Um, and so I think that it just is um, having a good open line of communication with people that you're sharing space with. Because at the end of the day, um, if you're a sexual person and you're going to be intimate with them, then it's going to make it all that much better when you are having respect for each other uh, within your different roles that you play. No, I totally get that. And I, it kind of makes me want to ask, because you touched on limit for a moment there, do you think there's like a limit to, do you think there's a limit to what you should tell people when it comes to coming out of the pantry or a limit to the number of people or the types of people that you talk to when it comes to coming out of the pantry? Well, I think that it, it depends on how concerned you are about how people perceive you, you know? And so if you really do a really strong job of projecting who you are as a person and you feel comfortable enough to 
um, be able to accept people being critical of what your lifestyle might be. Particularly for me, I, I have encourager privilege. I think that there's a lot of encourager privilege out there because I'm not the one who's physically changing my body, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do you feel about people that are going to think um, and throw up all the arguments that you know friends and family always do about being negative about gaming? Um, and are you comfortable dealing with that? I think that if we had a more established community, that it would be easier for us Um, But then again, I think that that could be true about any kink that we have in this, you know, you have people who are into scat, Um, you have people who are into blood play, you have people who do all kinds of things that are uh, violating societal norms, and they also come under criticism. And so uh, I think that the, you know, don't yuck my yum is something that should apply to everybody. Um, But you there's always going to be a possibility that that's not going to be the case. And so I think that it just depends. Um, You know, I think people who live out out loud um, help to open doors, but then they're also going to catch some fire sometimes for that. And so um, it takes all kinds. And I think that anytime though um, that we represent, and one of the things that's been so discouraging for me is that um, particularly here where I live, I've never had somebody from the grammar, the gainer community show up for one of my classes, even though I message broadly and post a lot about it. Um, that, that fear about being identified as one of us, I think is so strong that it keeps people uh, from being able to experience the, the warmth of the sunlight. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've talked before about that sort of invisible audience that I feel like a lot of us suffer from this idea that if we are identified publicly as a member of this community, it's like suddenly there's going to be a giant arrow over your house that says fat person lives here. You know, this person is trying to gain weight on purpose. And like, <sighs> that was something that was hard for me to get over too. And just uh, within the last couple of months of going back into the bar scene, going to the leather bar for gear nights and having, you know, cause it's summer, it's hot, shirts off, bellies hanging out and no one's saying anything. Yeah, all this fear that I had built up in my mind all these years that all oh, people are gonna start saying, wow, you're really getting fat, aren't you? No, no one said shit because they don't care. We've got to get like, I feel like there's so many of us that have to get past this idea that people care what we're doing because they don't. <laughs> Tim, you, you've, you've had these moments where you try to balance leather and your sense of self. I mean, in terms of your own journey of openness with the people that you're open to, what has the response been like from people? Well, I've been kind of selective thus far. I've been kind of careful. Like my kinky friends know because they're kinky and they tend to not be judgmental because they're used to being judged for their individual kinks. So they're usually more open-minded. It's, it's very much like a sort of, oh, okay, that's cool. And then the topic changes. As far as like civilian friends, eh, I kind of pick my battles. I'm like, eh, are they going to get it? Are they not going to get it? Do they care? Like family, no. I just don't want to hear it. Family don't know. And, you know, I know, I know some gamers that are out to their families and that's fine. And I'm not going to ever knock that. It's just that for me personally, I don't see a reason to tell them, you know, it's like, this is my private sexual romantic life. They really don't need to know that. Of course, they're seeing that I'm putting on weight. And it's funny because only now are they starting to say something and it's just one sister that's saying something. My mom just keeps going, well, you're, you're, you're like your father. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. And the other sister doesn't care. But the youngest one who's a little bit more into appearances, she's like, uh, you sitting down a lot at work recently? 
Um, you've been having a, more of a desk situation going on? What's up with that? <laughs> Yeah, I love that because my family are just cunts. I remember my first Christmas here, we were doing like an Aussie orphan Christmas where a whole bunch of us who didn't have anywhere else to go, we all went around someone's house, brought bits, had a good fucking time. And obviously because of the time difference, you know, we were all ducking in and out of bedrooms and bathrooms and kitchens just to have a snatch of a phone call because it's nighttime over there and we're all having a morning snack, blah, 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 blah. And I've got, I've got four siblings and one parent I give a shit about. So, you know, I'm trying to talk to everyone and blah, 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 blah. And it's my older sister. And you get on the on the camera phone and in the middle of me opening with Merry Christmas, she goes, fuck, you've gotten fat. And I've gone, thanks, Rick. Good to see you too. Are you having a good day? She's like, yeah, nah, it's been a good day. Look, let me get Josh. You can wish him a Merry Christmas too. I thought, okay, cool, fine, fuck, whatever. And because my sister's had a child now, that officially makes her an old woman because she's forgotten how phones work because she didn't put herself on fucking mute. And I heard her say to her partner, see, he's fucking fatter. I told you he would be. And I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> but that's different strokes for different folks. And there is a reason she lives international. <laughs> away from certain scenarios that puts one in frustratingly difficult positions to gain weight. But that's, that's my situation. And that's all there is to it. Unfortunately. I think family's always going to be hard. Um, You know, and it's also, you know, some people uh, get turned on by their friends making comments, right. But you're, you're not necessarily turned on by your family and making comments you know it's it's a different thing yeah something Um, my sister just doesn't turn me on for some reason you know it's not it's not quite what my uh what my fetishes align with personally uh yeah I don't think that that would be the case for anybody and you know as far as like you know even though I probably am a little bit more out um about it just broader community wise it's not like you walk into a community space i don't walk into the gay bar and i'm like you know i'm in the bellies everybody hey um but you know i think it's more of a just as people know you and as you're in those spaces and they see the kind of guys you spend time with and then um you know and just I've had so many fulfilling experiences though, with my civilian quote unquote friends. And we were just talking about this um, because during the rolling lives, some of my civilian friends and I were out and James invited me to hop on and they were with me. And I said, do we want to interview some civilians? And we did. And there was somebody on the patio who kind of overheard our conversation and was talking about how, you know, they wish they could be more body positive, but they gained weight. And then my civilian friends and I cut up a bar shirt and made a crop top for them. And then they were playing with his belly. And I mean, it was just, you know, spreading the good news. And then um, after learning about this podcast, um, my civilian friend is addicted to the podcast, is talking to people at work about it, is talking to other civilian queers um, that, you know, this exists in a very positive light. And I mean, I think that that's all very, very um, good. It's a very good direction for us to be heading into. I think so. And a uh, little shout out to Evan. Love you, buddy. I know we haven't had a chance to talk too much, but let's talk more. You're a really cool guy. 
<laughs> he's, just, not only is he cool, he, he is such a handsome man too. I mean, he's very traditionally listen, handsome. It was late at night here, and you had the audacity to bring on two very attractive gentlemen onto my live. And then, of course, everyone's going, James, why are you hitting on these men? Asking if they're single, asking for phone numbers, and they were like, "We're dating each other." And I was like, "I'm not bothered." <laughs> did did I start a bitch? You both you both pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I think that that also, um, the perception with them being slim and muscular and handsome is that they would be judgmental about this, right? And she and it's, oh, yeah, it's a it's holdover, totally- it's a holdover from those old insecurities, man. Because even now, when I am followed on Instagram by someone that I would consider classically handsome, you know, chiseled and model esque, and looks like they could appear in a fashion ad, and they want me, it's like, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, you want me? Like, what? what? <laughs> I'm fascinated by that. I don't, you know, because there's, I don't know, I guess there's in my brain, I sort of divide like what I typically see as an encourager because some of the encouragers that I've met up with over the years, they tended to be similar looking, like really skinny, kind of geeky, kind of nerdy. I mean, I know I'm painting with a large brush here, but like the ones that I've met in this city have been like that. So then to then have an encourager or admirer, belly enthusiast who looks, you know, like I was talking about, like, and they want me, it's just like, are you sure? sir. (laughs) One of the things that I do have to say is like one of the additional benefits, even just beyond having friends that are supportive of you is that you have scenarios, or at least I have in my experience where people who are not associated with our community as they go through life, um, you know, their body changes. Everybody, I think unintentionally gains some weight, you know, and then they lose some weight. Um, when people who <laughs> know me um, are thicker than they normally would be, um, one of our former state title holders, um, after things started opening back up after the pandemic, um, was uh, thicker than I'd ever seen him. And we had not seen each other in person. And he walks out on the patio of this gay bar, sees me over there, grabs his belly and starts shaking it as he walks towards me. And he's like, look at this. <laughs> like, you know, other, other times, you know, people being drunk and silly, um, running up to my car window and lifting their shirt up and pressing their belly against my the window of my car. You know, so, yeah, where, is, where is that for me? Why isn't that happening to me? <laughs> yeah, not to be not to be clout chasers here, but we do run, you know, a relatively successful gaining community podcast. Where are the bellies? Where are the bellies being handed to me by beautiful chubby men? I want them. I want them now. I'm still getting more unsolicited dick pics than than unsolicited belly pics. I don't understand it. Oh. I think I was at the height of my privilege during that very long live stream that we did from the hot tub that one night where I just had roaming hogs belly sitting on top of my head. Oh, yes. (laughs) Basically being threatened with like a snapped spine. The weight of all of that, honestly, I'm surprised you you, you haven't formed some form of paralysis. It's truly incredible. It's Uh, a rough life. Oh, my goodness. I I do want to ask, what is some basic advice? that you would give to anyone who has yet to take the leap into owning the, their gaining journey, coming out of the pantry to themselves? So I think that it's important to know that it's okay for you to take whatever road 
um, that you end up taking within that journey. And so there are people who are very comfortable with the idea that I like bigger men and you don't have to like bigger, like belly fetishism in itself is fine. There's nothing wrong with liking a guy that is 180 pounds or liking a guy that is 580 pounds. Um, and then you can kind of, your tastes are going to grow and change and you're going to, um, you know, maybe you are an encourager that decides that then you want to gain. Um, and then maybe you get into it and you're fine after you gain 20 pounds and you don't have to live up to the fantasy um, of everybody else that we share this space with. Yeah. And so I think that being really comfortable with the idea of how I wake up and what I'm into today is, is fine, but then also being true about representing that. And so um, we've talked about this in just some regular live streams before about being disingenuous. And so I think that if you're going to um, consider just for yourself, um, spend some time reflecting on what is it about this that actually turns me on and um, how much of my life do I want this to be a part of and all of that kind of stuff. I think that being really sure-footed in those respects will help you uh, maneuver should this happen. And I, you know, particularly, I always had a big fear of being outed. Um, and I know that that was discussed before, too, about weaponizing. So you come out and somebody weaponizes this against you. Well, for me, I don't have to worry about it being weaponized against me uh, because I've already taken that power. And I like that feeling. And so um, there's nothing. And unfortunately, we talked about the stories, right? I was that dumb 15-year-old that printed off a story and I stuck it under my mattress and guess who finds things under mattresses? Parents. Yep. Parents. So it wasn't even like photograph. It wasn't even, you know, like it, something that you could explain away. It was called South Beach Bellies and it was on Gainer Whim. Documented uh, <laughs> story of a situation. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, this is it. <laughs> that, that water under the bridge there we don't discuss it um but you know my first partner did gain 125 pounds while we were together and so i mean it was pretty straightforward um but i do have to say though that i got called on the carpet by their mother um and i was we had never explicitly talked to her about things but um she said what are you doing and i said this is inappropriate um, because this is a conversation for you. If you feel like you have to have it to have with your son. And I'm not talking to you about this. There's something to be said about how well known the concept of gaming is in the wider world. Right. And I think a lot of people would prefer it if things were open, some people would prefer it if things remained closed. And I think sometimes we underestimate how much the world outside of us actually knows about us and what the sort of world stage perspective of gaining is. Uh, my question for you, should we strive for acknowledgement or is it a bit too soon for that? I think that it, it would be helpful for us to understand that when we are, um, when we are brave, yeah, that our bravery means that 
hopefully young people don't have the kinds of shame and the kinds of negative experiences that we have all had because yeah. nobody took that step, right? And so that doesn't mean that I have to hook a guy up to a funnel in front of, you know, 10,000 people at Pride um, and do the, the kinkier, you know, really extreme parts of what we're into. But I think that it's important for people and this is regardless of age, because there are people who are 50 and 60 years old who feel the same way about this, right? And so, but to know that there's a space where you can come in and particularly, I've used to feel like that there was more of a brotherhood of us uh, when we had those chat room experiences. And so when there were spaces like that, and I think that you see this coming with Instagram Live and I appreciated the comments about a new site um, and what a new site might represent and having video be more a part of that and all of that. Um, it, but I think that people need to, to be able to uh, come in and just have banter and have a fun experience, but then also to ask legitimate questions and um, for it to be more interactive. And I really, really feel strongly that having some of that interaction be in person is, is helpful. And so, um, but you know, once the, the cat is out of the bag, you don't get to control what direction it goes. And so you're going to have people who are going to be exhibitionist about things who want to really show off. And that's going to be a source of, uh, stimulation for them and measuring all of that. You know, it's, it's the same as any other. I think that we just have to stop seeing ourselves as being different, um, because, the people that like to get shit on do all kinds of things to each other out in public. And, um, you know, the guy that teaches one of the guys that teaches the, the scat classes walks around with a big poo emoji hat on, um, up in the bar and everything. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's, it's so funny. Like, cause I was thinking about, um, while you were saying all that, I was thinking about the first time that I ever posted a face pic on Grammar. The first time I ever posted a face pic on Instagram, the first time I ever posted a face pic on Twitter, you know, it's like I had been kind of just the headless torso for so long. And I thought, no, if I post a picture of my face, then it's all over. Someone's going to see it. They're going to take it and run with it. I'm going to find it on Facebook somehow. Because you kind of see these horror stories about some gainers, like especially the ones that were popular on Tumblr people hacking into their personal Facebook accounts and then posting like personal pictures on, on, you know, like these uh, tribute tumblers. And <clears throat> it's just such a huge deal to finally put my face out there. And the last sort of frontier for me was Twitter. Cause I was like, now once I put my face out there, I can't control what's going to get retweeted. It could wind up anywhere. You know, Twitter is the one that you have the least amount of control over. But I said, what am I, why am I doing this? Why am I afraid of this? What, like, who's going to see it? Am I, am I afraid the FBI is going to break down my door and, you know, cart me away? Like, what the, what, why? What, what does any of this matter? And a lot of people, you know, they come up with, well, I've got a job that I can't let people know that I'm into this. And I can respect that. Like, I'm not going to, you know, shit on that. But it's like, I hold, a, I'm a nurse, you know? So if, if at any point in my career, if a manager pulls me into their offices and like, pulls up something of me that they found on Twitter and goes, what's all this about? I'll be like, it's none of your business. And it has no impact on how I do my job. So unless you would like to talk to the union rep about this, um, 
see you later, you know? You know, something that a friend of mine uh, once did in a job uh, because she used to do sex work and she made a point of looking up the private accounts of her managers so that when that inevitable moment happens of like a porn bid going around in a place of business and the manager wants to pull her aside and say, we have to let you go, she's got their tits out on their phone going, if you expose me, I will expose you. Oh, you don't think what I'm threatening you with is appropriate? Why do you think what you are threatening me with is appropriate? That is ballsy. I don't know if I'd have the balls to blackmail my boss back. Honestly. We we have to be clear about one thing, though. That there's a false equivalence here. Because most most of our community, particularly, and this is a whole other topic. If you ever want to have me back, we can talk about how vanilla... Um, the broader community is sometimes because of the restrictions that the our only limited platforms allow us to, be, to have but um, the right um, but that being into what we're into and having your shirt off and posting a picture of you without your shirt on and after you've gained five or ten pounds mm-hmm. is not the same um, as have being naked and being um, yeah. it is it is our shame that makes us feel that way. And that's another thing too, is I think is very funny because you have people who intentionally want to be fatter and they intentionally gain weight, but then they have shame about their fat body. And I find that very interesting when the weight gain was intentional. They become the the sad fats that everyone sees on the news and they go, well, don't you want to lose weight now? And it's, yeah, there's this weird, I don't know. I sometimes think to myself, some people are very much blessed with a metabolism that allows them to gain very, very quickly. And obviously we love to see it. We stand it. It looks fantastic. But how many of them turn around and go, this happened way too quickly. And I was not prepared either physically or mentally for the ramifications of this. I am not prepared. And I have been spooked. I've been turned off by this and I am feeling all kinds of things because we also don't encourage people to take a breather <laughs> to, to take yeah, a breather. No. we go oh you you gained 100 pounds this year let's go for 150 next year oh like you got diabetes that's fine just you know inject the insulin while you eat the sugar you'll trick your body you'll never even know. like people do that and it's so damaging well, and check in on your fat gainer friends because the thing is that for so many people um particularly there's all kinds of different motivators, right? And so you can wake up and, you know, even though the ultimate desire is there, you can wake up feeling badly about yourself, just like anybody else. And so I think that it's important to, you know, have that understanding. And of course, you know, I like to talk about separating the scene from the lifestyle, right? Because it really is a lifestyle and you can have a very hot scene. You can do role play, you can set boundaries and all that kind of stuff, Um, but you have to wake up and live every day. And so it's going to be this thing where, um, you know, people are going to want to go up and down and our community has so little tolerance for folks changing their position, right? And saying, you know, I'd like to lose some weight. And then the criticism and the, I mean, it just, it, it, it runs the whole gamut. I've, I've made this comment before. I define gaining less of gaining weight and more gaining perspective, 
gaining proximity to the body of your choice. Because weight gain is valid. Weight loss is valid. Weight maintenance is valid. Changing fat to muscle and muscle to fat is valid. You know, and if we start to gatekeep someone's right and ability to change their body how they want, it defeats the whole purpose. But I kind of want to speak to that a bit. We have a listener question. Um, There's been a bit of commentary about uh, exhibitionism. Do you think exhibitionism is the antithesis to staying in the pantry? I don't know. Um, I think that it can be. Yeah, I've definitely been um, and I have shared so many great experiences. I think it would be um, uh, interesting to have some folks with a lot of lived experience do like top 10 hottest, you know, encounters or something sometime. Mm. Um, But, you know, I feel like I really am you know, being so open, I mean, I feel like my, my life is the antithesis to it, but then um, I think without context or w- without context, um, exhibitionism can be all kinds of different things. Um, I've been uncomfortable with how some guys have acted in public um, with the, their display of that piggish behavior and of you know having a meetup where they have um, been very messy or um, you know been in public spaces and you know I think that there is you know while that's great on stage while we're doing um, education about what the things our kind our people do um, in the middle of Target I don't know if that's um, but then again, as I reflect on it, you know, it was super hot. And so I, I think that it's, it's hard to, to kind of uh, put a, a sign, a, a spectrum to it. You know what I mean? Like it, I, I think it is say, um, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Be careful what you wish for. As the pussycat doll said, be careful what you wish for. Cause you just might get it. You know, and and we're talking as well about different forums where people engage in, you know, I think people of my generation, especially in younger, have really latched on to more open forms of social media like Twitter and Instagram and even TikTok now. Um, Gainers have this opportunity to be seen publicly on a level like never before. Do you think something like that is going to ease the gainer lifestyle into the public eye in a positive way? I don't think that you can go much lower than where we're at. (laughs) Um, (laughs) very true and and so you know I had messaged I think I forget who I messaged I think it was you James um, because I had been so critical of some our online platform and then I got this message and it was from a a person that's a little I guess I don't know I I thought that they must have thought that I knew them or something Um, but then they were like you know my name is so-and-so from grammar and I thought oh god the grammar police have found me (laughs) (laughs) Um, i am going to be taken in for an inquisition and hauled in front of the fat court and kicked out um but you know no i i do feel like that we have a lot of you know there's a big conversation about the monetization of our community and what we pay for and how we pay for it and what the benefit of that is and then what's the benefit because all of the content that you pay for um, on some platforms is given for free and you get nothing back from the additional things that people pay for. And so who's, 
who's enriching themselves with that and what benefit is it doing us or what benefit is it doing our broader community when we have all of these other just broader um, issues that impact us outside of people getting fat um, when there are, are major societal things that need to happen you know how much money is being made here and and what you know generally speaking in the broader gay community um, there's an expectation of participation in supporting important charities and all that kind of stuff you don't ever hear that being a part of what's going on in our spaces and so i think that you know with becoming part of the broader community um i think that there's all kinds of different conversations like that to be had too i think that's great tim again someone who's a part of multiple communities you know what's your take on that like what kind of things do you think the gainer community need to start to integrate that they could learn from other communities well like jeremy was saying about how it's just become a very self-serving space now especially like because damn near every gainer is jumping on the only fans patreon train and like he was saying nothing's being given back you know like when i think about being in the leather community as much as it is as self-indulgent as any other community they do fundraising they do charity drives they do they do things to try to give back claw the very um uh, event where jeremy and i met uh gives back yeah it's a non-profit they raise over a hundred thousand dollars and they just they distribute it through many charities like, I don't think I've ever heard any gainer event being linked to some kind of charity event or even a gainer saying, hey, this Christmas, why don't we consider those who are less fortunate than us and like even link to a charity, you know, on their page or something. <clears throat> I think we kind of have to stop being so self-involved and selfish. I mean, and that sounds ironic because you'd think that like gaining is sort of the ultimate selfish fetish because you're changing your own body and you're overindulging. The whole thing is about excess and gluttony, but you know, that, that pathway is going to lead to self-destruction at some point. Like you have to start considering giving back, which is one of the big reasons why you and I started with this podcast, because both of us wanted to give something back to the community. And that's why we were doing lives beforehand. That's why we do, you know, intentional community focused lives now and why that's now you know we trialed it once just to see what would happen bitch the response people who were like i'm so sad that i missed this i've watched all four hours of this because every moment was incredible to hear what people had to say you know it's it's very clear that there is a desire and a hunger for what we are doing and so if anything it's indicative that we just need to do more of it and the hope might very well be that if thick radio can grow ironically to the point where we have enough access that maybe we can become a charity supporter we can become one of those stalwarts who says these are the people that we need to start giving to these can be the patrons that we 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 put our focus into well and with what tim was saying about the leather community too um this our gaining community is it's like stunted growth because there are other things like how about being status neutral when do we have conversations around people living with HIV and what, you know, the leather community does such a fantastic job of promoting PrEP, of promoting the, the concept of undetectable equals untransmittable, of all of those things that help reduce stigma and across our broader society. Um, we do none of that. I see none of that in the gaining community. We have major issues um, with how people of color are treated in the gaining community. And mm-hmm. um, we have, it, which is a constant conversation in leather scene 
lines and spaces that you see none of happening. Um, it's all of this vapid, I feel, I feel fat tonight. I'm hungry. Who wants to feed me? You know, which is all fine. Um, but there's no depth there. And so for people, you know, um, like, like me, I want to have a full and vibrant conversation where we can talk about how fat you want to get, but then we also talk about all the other things um, that are important in life. And, you know, just to really have uh, that full cultural experience that we share in all of our traditional spaces with people. 100%. And look, we've, we've got one last question here and I want to ask you, what does the future of openness in the Gainer community look like to you? I think that it looks like people not having um, to hide in the dark shadows and stumble around trying to find out what um, they want and find people that are well-adjusted and that they can find community with. And instead having it be just like so many other things are where it's out in the open. And of course, you're always going to have people that are not wholesome, um, that are not positive parts of that. Um, but at least it's, it's a coalesced thing that you can participate in real life with. Yeah. Tim, what about you? What are your thoughts? It's like Jeremy was saying, I really want there to be a point where, because when I think back to being that 18 year old, person discovering this world and thinking well I mean I was glad to find out I wasn't alone but it was also kind of disheartening to be like am I ever going to meet anybody else like yeah. it just seems so small like am I ever going to be able to truly be open about this am I ever going to be able to tell anyone you know and I don't want that to happen and as someone who was entrenched in a very toxic gay bar culture life for so many years and just dealing with all the negativity and like the, the mean girl shit that happened during those years. It's like, I would have loved if someone at some point would have come along and said, look, babe, I know you don't fit in here. This isn't the kind of people you want to be around. Come play with the fat boys. Like, it's going to be cool. It's going to be open. No one's going to judge you. Everything's, you know, just come over here, be with us, be who you want to be. It's all going to be fine. Don't give a flying fuck what the, you know, ice blonde, real thin Twinkie boy is saying to you because it's it's not going to last so like that's what I want to see I want to see people being able to be open and free and liberated because um James you and I were talking just a couple of days ago about how like people think that the gay community is sex obsessed but I always say we're sex liberated like that's what I want I want I want the gainers to be sexually liberated as well like no more shame and hiding like you don't just share space with people that you want to have sex with and yeah and, and indeed and you can't so there are and i have i'm bad about this i can be flippant and make off the cuff remarks in, in being funny um where you know i've i've said sometimes it feels like the the land of the misfit toys right and so um and then when you do public open um, meetups that are advertised for anybody who wants to come. Unfortunately, there are times when um, there are people who show up who don't know how to be productive parts of that space. Right. And the thing is, though, 
that, you know, think about the kind of person that you want to be. And do you just want to kick them to the curb because the first time that they show up and that they have all of these questions and everything else that, you know, they don't measure up or you, they, they weren't funny or they didn't say much or they said the wrong thing. You know, I mean, I think that it just we've, we've got to put some effort in to get something out. And so all of those things, you know, filtering all of those things out is is um, a big part of, of growing up. And, and we have a lot of growing up to do. James and I talked about, you know, like mentoring and how it really doesn't happen, you know, and even um, aside from like gaining, I'm at a point in my life, I'm about to be 38, you know, and I feel like having existed in gay USA for so long, it's like, I want to take some of these younger, not necessarily just Twinkie, but I'm talking about just younger gay guys who, who just are like, like the clueless one that I was. And I don't want to mold them, but I want to give them opportunity and be like, I'd like to teach them a little bit of culture, you know, teach them where it all came from. Like, because even I'm not as good on my gay history as I should be, but you know, I know something and it's like, you have to understand the past to, you know, realize how we got here today. Same thing with gaining, yeah. you know, we had a, we have a rich past all the way from pamphlets that used to be distributed to apps that are on our iPhones. So like, I would love to be able to do that. It's just, uh, it, it's sometimes it's hard because like we talk about how people feel afraid to reach out to each other or people feel afraid to meet up. I mean, I, I've gotten plenty of DMs and messages and stuff like that, but actually getting someone to physically meet me in person, that's been hard. Mm. And I, I'd like to and see that change. You and I are the same age. And so um, I'll be 38 later this year. And one of the things I was thinking about too, leading up to this podcast is that, um, well, I mean, and I appreciate, I, I appreciate followers that I have and I appreciate the interaction and I don't feel like I'm being relegated um, or put into the retirement home just yet. Um, but I d understand um, that my influence will continue to wane as I get older. And so, you know, what does this look like for who's going to carry the torch and who's going to, you know, hopefully we create a space where um, some of the young folks, um, you know, continue and, and pass that information on. Um, because I think that, um, you know, I'm, my beard is not getting any more pepper. Um, it's only salt from here. So um, same here. Right, <laughs> I mean, but we're going to hang on. You're looking for me to pick up the mantle as both of you uh, age and enter into retirement. Uh, I'll arrange your carers for you. It's fine. I'll make sure. That I have some tutoring that I can do with you. <laughs> but, you know, I genuinely be so down for that. You know, I, I made the comment. I moved to this country to get away from family and be more free with my gaining but it's also to connect with gainers just in general, because back home, there really wasn't much of that going on. And I thought, fuck it, why not come here? And isn't it funny that like the first person who's said to me, oh, a bit of mentoring or a bit of teaching or a bit of whatever comes from a person in yet another country who I've only just now met. And it's that constant, you're looking for people and you're, you're always going to be looking to clarify very much down for that. You let me know when and where it will be it, but I don't know. I think when I think about coming out of the pantry and owning it, I think it does start from owning it in yourself. And I think that's the first step that so many of us still haven't done. And, and, and we're on these websites wondering to ourselves, why is nothing happening? But we're kind of terrified of still being found out. And that's worth exploring. There's nothing wrong with us.
And we don't owe anybody any explanations about who we are and why we are the people that we are. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to apologize for it. And we should not be ashamed of it. I love that. And, you know, uh, Tim, I think I said this quote to you recently. There's um, a Netflix series called Sex Education, which I think is phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, I'd say go watch it. There's a girl that comes in and her character gets revealed to be asexual. And she goes to speak with this parent who's the sex therapist. And it's this conversation. And the parent just very plainly says, have you ever considered that you might be asexual? And then she says, sex doesn't make you whole. So how could you ever be broken? And not many lines get me, but that got me right together. And that brought me right back to my gain of sexuality. That moment of, I am not broken for my love, obsession, addiction, sexuality, fetish, kink, whatever you want to call it, with fat and with gaining. I am not broken. I am not damaged. I am a whole functioning human being. And I owe it to myself to own that in its entirety. I love that. And I, but I, I kind of still, there are times when I still feel at a disadvantage because I still have not yet embraced my other major fetish, macrophilia. I'm still very hesitant because I almost, and it's so, I know it sounds a certain way to say it, but it's like, I almost feel like that's weirder and an even harder sell. <laughs> it's like, I can explain away gainerism, but how do you explain away macrophilia? It's like, that's the one that like, all, I think Matt is literally the only person that knows that I'm into that. Well, maybe that'll be our next podcast. It'll be welcome to um, Super Science Radio, the, the the macro podcast where we talk about macrophilia and everything that it crushes. <laughs> so, Tim, me being the first feeder and me being six five and having you in the chair, even though it's not macrophilia, was that a component of? Oh yeah, as, no, that's why I absolutely love guys that are that tall. Like like the one guy that I've talked about on the podcast before and the one guy I talked to James about who was like the seven foot tall 500 pound guy you know that was almost incorporating both fetishes at once and the only thing that ruined it was the hygiene if that hadn't been so terrible it would have been on like Donkey Kong but it just got ruined unfortunately and I've never I've never decided to open that door again so (laughs) well with that person anyway Well, listeners, now you know Tim's uh, sordid secret, his macrophilia love. If there are any macrophilia lovers out there, you should very much get in touch with Tim. But ladies, I think that brings us to the end of today's podcast episode. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I can't wait to listen to your future episodes. And thank you guys so much um, for doing the Lord's work. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, listen, before you go, do you have anything else you want to say? And uh, also tell us where people can find you online. Absolutely. Um, you can find the, the apostle on Grummer. Um, I am uh, Neapolitan Bonaparte on uh, Instagram. And, you know, I just live being your truest, most, most authentic self every single day, and you will not regret it. And, um, you know, it's almost like that, that um, just being brave. And I think that you will feel rewarded even when you encounter adversity um, by being true to who you are. And um, so I think that that's the best advice that there is to give. I love that. But 
That's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars and leave a good review. As always, you can find me on Gromma, Instagram and TikTok at Stanham and Twitter and YouTube at Stanham G. And you can find me on Grommer as Orpheus. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and, and TikTok as Thicky Mouse. And of course, you can find more of what we've talked about today on Instagram and Patreon at Thick Radio. And you can also find us now on Twitter and TikTok too, also at Thick Radio. So until next time, bye fans. Bye fans. Let's talk about it. Radio is a Patreon and Enter app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next and Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lokitu. Our theme song is provided by Spotify Creative.